Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind. Featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. <laughs> Serious? Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Since Strickland's not here, we'll just call it the getaway lineup because we just rolled out Chris Pronger and Keith Kachuk and Ken Wilson, and now Andy Strickland will be leading off. He's out, Martin. I'm sure Strick is tired. He's on let's his just, way. Let's just replay Wilson, Pronger, and Kachuk <laughs> and just go out in the patio and have a beer. Uh, we joke around a lot, but if if you uh, miss the 11 o'clock hour, and I know the morning after had a number of great guests as well, just go to 590thefan. You can always, 590thefan.com. I need to step away to get this up as quickly as possible when Strick gets in here. Okay, but start, I'm saying I'll, I'll, morning show as well. 590thefan.com yes. is where you go every day to podcast a particular segment. It might be us talking about our favorite fries. It might be Charlie talking about his fantastic lawn care. I don't know, but today specifically. Charlie talking about negotiating the price down on something. Yes, or Strick asking for a discount on an air filter for a refrigerator but in this particular case you're going to want to go online and uh, hopefully maybe even share it because it was great a lot of the content i heard joe buck this morning in the uh, nine o'clock hour of the morning after talking about what a blues fan he was and reminding folks too the original hockey announcer in this town was the legendary jack buck so joe a huge blues fan Kachuk, Pronger, and Ken Wilson. Strick will be here. It's our Hockey Wednesday. This is the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan, the uh, coveted hour. Welcome aboard. Blues fans, a lot to celebrate. I think there was so much optimism and confidence, really, around town that the Sharks were not only beat up, but the Blues were fired up, finish them off, similar to what they had done with Winnipeg when they beat them and came home for a Game 6. Sharks and the uh, Stars in the Game 7. I think people were just confident that they would pounce. And then a minute 32, you get a goal, and everyone says, yeah, that's what we're talking about. However, a fan base that's always a little nervous. Uh, Charlie said this during the day. My buddy Matt Offenberg said this later in the day. wasn't the end of the day, but later in the day, he said, yeah, you know why I'm nervous? Because everybody else is so confident. And it was a weird vibe where everybody felt really good, not only about this team, the way they're playing in this series, the beatdown in San Jose on Sunday, 
And because everybody felt so confident, a nervous fan would say, yeah, that makes me nervous. And then it's two to nothing. It's the dreaded Doug Vaughn lead, right? The dreaded two goal lead. As soon as San Jose scored and it's two to one and the blues had been flying, just didn't have, you know, as many uh, goals on the board you would like. All of a sudden it's two one. How many of you nearly 19,000 in the building and probably 300,000 at home watching for a minute when it was two to one thought, Oh no, they played so well. We've come this far. 70% of the collected people inside and watching on TV. I had posted to Twitter after the first period, kind of a recap of how much the blues had dominated since the hand pass. I noted the, uh, the goal differential, or at least the score, in, in games four, five, and in the first period of game six. And then I added that the Sharks, their last lead in a game in that series was the hand pass play. They, they never led in game four, obviously never led in game five, and trailed 2 nothing after one in, in game six. And my first thought was when they scored that goal in, the, in those minute or two after when they were really swarming, and we're out racing the Blues on the ice. I thought, what did I do? Like, oh my God! You this, put this the didgeridoo be, this away. Is be and one said, of those, I'm not going to jinx it. Going to be one of those posts you look at, at after the game's over, maybe after they lose, where you go, oh God, this is what happened. But it's different this year, and people have asked that question: Does it feel different? Because there were confident years. '98, they're really good. They lose to the Red Wings. 2002, really good. Lose to the Red Wings. There were years they lost to the Avalanche. Avalanche go on and win the Cup. It does have a different feel. Now you got to keep. All of this is great, but you got to keep it going. You got to go and win the cup. Now, it's not enough to get there. It's be like the Cubs in 2016. Well, we got to the World Series. That doesn't end it. That doesn't end the streak. Um, a lot of the great comments after, I think, Kelly Chase summed it up for the city. He said we had the Rams leave. We had Ferguson. He talked more in general about the town. A guy from Porcupine Plains whose family lives here. His kids grew up here. Speaking to the greater 314 region, Brett Hull talking about the alumni and the fans, and a lot of times players, former players, it feels like lip service when you hear the fan. Oh, we got the best fan. It's different when it's Bobby Plager or Brett Hull when they talk about the fan base here and what's going on. 622, coffee in hand. I think it's Ooh. legit. Um, and seven years Ooh. off. <laughs> here. He is. Uh, Sarses say. Where are you coming from? We're sweating it out. So that's what's that's going a, on hey, around here. DTOY, baby. DTOY. You know, <laughs> Daddy's time of year. Because, um, you know, normally I take the kids to school every day. But you were still out when it was time to take them. But I had a little. You didn't make it home in time. <laughs> and, you know, the wife said to the kids this morning. Daddy's time of year. Let him sleep. There you go, Lori. How She's on board. What is Lori? What's mommy's time of year? Because right now, daddy's time of year is stretching yeah. almost into month three. Um, so when is mommy's time of year? At, well, listen, it's an equal, equal opportunity system here. So, no, so. no, no. You took her to like a diner to watch some <laughs> eight-year-old hockey tournament. That's that's not mommy's time of year. No, no. Does mommy's Lori time of like year hockey? Coming up soon. Oh, she loves it now. Okay. She's getting into it. I mean, she doesn't watch every game. She doesn't live and die with it. She's not like a diehard fan. Uh, couldn't tell you players who play on other teams, whatever. But she knows a lot of people involved with the Blues and current players, former players, management, owners. So, you know, she feels happy just like everybody else for a lot of people who are, you know, enjoying the success right now and who have been waiting for a long time for this. And what's cool, though, and people who have kids can relate. You know, my oldest is eight years old, and she's really getting into it. I mean, and this is what 
a run to the Stanley Cup final does. This is why this franchise in the city will never be the same in terms of how it relates to hockey is because this is what creates fans for life is when you have a run like this, everyone's enjoying it, and kids now, you know, feel that attachment to the St. Louis Blues, just like other kids may have, you know, when the Cardinals won the World Series, whether it was recent World Series or back in 1982 or whatever. This is what, you know, creates lifelong fans. So this is huge for the franchise and huge for the sport for sure. Uh, Good for the Blues fans, the franchise winning it, and also having a little breathing room. We didn't need an overtime. We didn't need the drama that comes with all of that. They, They took care of business. They did what people said they should do is come out and pounce what I was just saying to Hall, and I think I told you that I said San Jose's done. They're cooked. They have no chance. I mean, it was. But done. when it was two one for a second, you thought things can you could play really well Absolutely. and lose a hockey game. You can, but I just didn't know. The thing is about the Blues; they've been so good on the road, and people talk about them not being as good at home. But you know, when it really matters, when it comes to clinching a series, they tend to play their best hockey, and they're three and zero in the playoffs in clinching games on home ice. So you know, I just kind of felt you know San Jose when you're missing not just players but. The specific players they were without, you lose 5 nothing at home at home in a must-win game in Game 5. I just don't know how you recover from that, even if every game takes on a life of its own. Sometimes you're just cooked, you're done, and I just really felt that way heading into last night's game, and it, and it proved to be true. Uh, to your point that a whole new generation now has an appreciation, because yeah. for years, hold on, don't, don't jump across the table. Mm-hmm. They're used to seeing the Cardinals in October. They've seen some parades in their lifetime, and now the Blues are on front center stage with yeah, the spotlight. Main attraction, yeah. Carson said, "Hey, Dad, I saw you on TV last night. You were talking to that Doug Armstrong guy. Is he in charge?" And I said, "Yes, <laughs> he's the hockey czar." There's an eight-year-old oh, yeah. kid who doesn't really know who Doug Armstrong is, but no. now he does. No, absolutely, and 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 that's that's what happens because I'll never forget. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm I'm a lifelong you know hockey fan. Grew up in a hockey family, so it was just kind of part of you know the fabric of my family growing up, and it's kind of in your blood. But I also remember being a young kid when the Cardinals won the World Series in 1982 and, like, running around the house and, like, falling down the steps and whatever and then getting to the bus stop the next morning, everybody talking about what happened the night before. And you immediately have that, you know, relationship with with the hometown team. And we're seeing that right now. Uh, you, you know, I mean, what, what what's going on right here is – you know, as we know, when you consider the Blues haven't been to the final in 49 years, you never know when the situation is going to happen again. So people are embracing it, and it's it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Strick is here. Uh, Sars is telling me Craig Brube may have been out last night he with some of the alums. And I heard yeah. a lot of the players, they had their own spot. They may not may not have gone to the, the Brentwood haunts. No, they haunt. had their own spot, um, but some of them crossed over to another spot Crossed over. Well. Yeah. It was fun, man. It was, uh, you know, and they should enjoy it. Now it's on to Boston. And they've got time here to heal up a little bit, whether mm-hmm. there's a, you know, a guy who's nicked, maybe a Vince Dunn needs this more than anybody. Boston, do you think you think rested or rust when you think of the Bruins and what they've had to go through here? I don't know. I mean, so, uh, listen, the easy thing to say is rust, but we're talking about an experienced team, both in age and winning experience. I mean, they got a core group of players who have won, you know, a Stanley Cup in the past and, you know, who have, been through it, international competition, the whole nine yards. And I find it hard to believe that, you know, some days off is going to, you know, impact guys like Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand and Zdeno Chara, David Backus, all these guys. Uh, you know, Pastor Knack, who's going to be a household name here in St. Louis as well, just because he's such a good player. And he's the guy you're going to have to key in on. You know, the one player that you probably question in terms of how it impacts their rhythm is Tuka Rask. You know, he's the goaltender who's been incredible. He's been their best player throughout the entire playoff 
for Boston, their leading candidate to be the Conn Smythe winner if they were to win the Stanley Cup. And this guy was just in a zone. So now you take several days off. Does that take you out of your zone? And how does he mentally become checked back in? That'll be something to pay attention to for sure. Uh, And Tuca, as I recall, did play in 2013. So when they won the Cup, he was the backup. 2011, yeah. Well, Tim Thomas was the goal. He was the backup. But in 2013, he played, but they lost the Cup. Mm Mm-hmm. And I went back to look because I don't remember. I apologize. Yeah. But I went back. He actually played really well in the Stanley Cup Finals, but they didn't win. They lost to the yeah. Hawks. I mean, he's. A, I mean, listen. This guy's one of the top goaltenders in the league. Still trying to prove that he can that he can get it done, right? So he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, some motivation to you know prove to a lot of people that he's a Stanley Cup winning caliber goaltender. And people have questioned him. He played less this season than he had in previous years. And you know, Yarrow Halak was a guy who came there this season. Had a really good run um, for the Bruins when he got an opportunity to play. There was even some, you know, goalie controversy at times between the two goaltenders because Halak was so good. But it probably pushed Rask to be even better. Um, And, you know, a lot of people suggesting because of how well he's playing here in the playoffs that maybe those extra days of rest have allowed him to look fresher and be fresher when it comes down to, you know, getting it done in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I will say this about Boston. It's the only team, you know, in the entire playoffs – when there were 16 teams left, when the playoffs began, um, who could match the Blues' depth offensively. I think that the deepest team on the back end, although they've got some question marks because of injury, the deepest team in terms of goaltending, like I said, they've got two goaltenders who are really, really good, and maybe the deepest team offensively. They're the only team that can match the Blues' depth offensively. You know what's... Uh, what's... And they've got injuries up front, too. We joke about you know Mike Yo the day that he said who played well, and it was the short list, and the other day he corrected it. I think if you look at this Blues Shark series, almost everybody played well. I mean, there's probably a guy here that, well, he had a bad game two or a bad game four, but across the board, and I know Bullmeister, when he does make a mistake, always gets lit up, sure. but on the whole, played pretty well, really oh, well. They were unbelievable. And Pareko had a great numbers. series. Look at the numbers for their best players for San Jose, right? I mean, like how they shut him down. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Timo Meyer scores two goals, but that was in the first game of the series. The only guy who really, you know, put up some points was Logan Couture. A lot of that early. A lot of that early. He had two goals in the first game. But again, you know, he scored two goals in game two as well. Um, you know, one of them being shorthanded and, and scored another one that equal, you know, it was the equalizer in the game. I think it made it 2-2. The Blues ended up winning the game. But he was pretty quiet throughout the playoffs. You got They got nothing from Hurdle. Nothing from Evander Kane. Um, nothing from uh, Nyquist. Um, you know, so a bunch of guys, you know, Pavelski was really quiet, even though he didn't play in last night's game and probably wasn't 100%. Maybe we'll learn more about his injury from the first round against Vegas. He didn't play in game one through six. So in terms of shutting down their top players, Brent Burns had no goals in the, in the, in the entire series. You know, so give the Blues defense, and not just their defense, but their forwards for how the, committed they are to playing the defensive side of the game. I mean, this is... The best team I've seen in a long time, not just here in St. Louis, that is as committed as, as as this team are in terms of the forwards to getting back, the back checking, the backside pressure, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's no room out there when you play the St. Louis Blues. They are extremely difficult to play against. You look at each team they've played, Martin, Winnipeg, Dallas, and then San Jose. You could make the, the argument very easily that the Blues didn't have as much talent as any of those teams, you know, individual talent. But how they play as a team, to your point, Different guys stepping up every single night. 
It's a different guy every night, right? It's not the same player who's leading the charge. They truly do have four lines that they can roll and that can play against anybody. So my guy, Fast Eddie at the game, loves his Cardinals, loves his Blues. Fast Eddie from Alton, Illinois. Head on up. This would be a great day to just shut it down. You know, the Blues are going to the Cup Finals. It's Let's go. Great day. you got some baseball on television. Cardinals with a day-night doubleheader. Not that it all goes back to baseball, Strick. Not at all. It's going to get angry. Fast Eddie's in Alton, Illinois. Stop by. The great menu. The prices haven't changed in years. We're talking about the homemade bratwurst that's on the menu. Peel and eat shrimp. Get a basket of fries to go with that half-pound fat Eddie burger. Prices are unbelievably low. Coldest beer. You know all about it. If you've got two people or 20 people, they can accommodate. Huge parking lot. Roll on in. Fourth and Broadway. If you go across the Clark Bridge, turn right. You can't miss it. Fast Eddie's Bonaire. The tradition continues. Let's take you into the room. Uh, uh, Willie, do we have... Well, I, I thought that was supposed to be Craig Berube. You played Joel Gwenville. This is a good but, day. Uh, let's hear from the coach, Craig Berube, because a lot of people pointed to that Game 3 loss last Wednesday and the fact that they didn't go into the tank. They didn't want to use that as, that as an excuse or anything like that. We let it go and moved on, and we, we knew we had to play better. And um, I'll, I'll go back to that Game 3. We should close that game out and should never got to that point, but... You know, things happen, and uh, that's a good hockey team over there. They battled, and um, but we we stayed with it, and we played some real good hockey after that. And how Barubi handled it, and I think a lot of us were frustrated because there was no good sound in the dressing room after the game. Like, yeah, well, it happened. You know, I think Perron made one little comment. He moved was on. the only one that kind of got on the edge. Yeah, took the bait a little bit. I think Petrangelo said, well, I guess there's different rules for the two different mm-hmm. teams. But that mm-hmm. was it. For the most part, they all had sort of marching yeah. orders, you could tell. And you said Jay Bolmeister, which surprises a lot of us, whether you mm-hmm. only watch him on TV or you've been around him a little bit, right. would not have guessed that. Basically, I guess the message was, let's move on. Let's play great. Well, he picks his spots when he wants to talk, but when he talks, believe me. And I mean this. Everybody listens. This guy has so much experience. And a lot of players look up to him, man. I mean, there's not too many guys who have played the number of games that he has who are still playing in the National Hockey League today, you know, what, approaching 1,200 games. You know, when he came to St. Louis, everyone talked about this guy had been in the league forever, but he had never played in a playoff game, ever, in the National Hockey League. Not even one playoff game. Now he's approaching 70 playoff games. He's got a ton of experience in the playoffs now. He's been to the conference final twice and obviously making his first trip to the Stanley Cup final but he's played in big games in international competition winning a gold medal at the Olympics for Team Canada this guy is such a good player signed an extension first half of his season just like everybody else was an absolute disaster I mean a complete disaster for him it seemed like every puck was bouncing off his knee and going in the net and he was a healthy scratch in Toronto I mean in Toronto of all places I mean why not draw a ton of attention to it right to have him be a healthy scratch in Toronto where it becomes a headline story the guy who represents team Canada who's been around forever all of a sudden is a healthy scratch for the first time in his career in Toronto so I don't know how much he appreciated that um was that yo or Barubi? That, that, that was under yo. Mike yo that okay. was yo so you talk about a guy who's overcome a ton of ad- adversity not to mention all this you know the surgeries that he had in the offseason and how much time it took for him to rehab and get healthy again, this guy is one of the best stories on the team. Of all the stories, a bunch of good ones, right? But his is as good as anybody. Uh, Going to a finals for the second straight year, David Perron, right? Because he went there with Vegas. Mm -hmm. Oscar Sundquist, you were telling me this yesterday. I forgot about it. He actually won a cup in Pittsburgh, but did not play in the cup finals. But he got his day with the cup. Right. So your staff has reported that, right? (laughs) But technically, he's won a cup. 
Perron's played in the finals, mm-hmm. but that should be it. That if you look it. at the roster, that that's it, it in terms of finals experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the coach. Uh, they call him Chief after the Game 6 win. I thought we checked well tonight. Um, you know, maybe sat back a little too much at times. You know, we got the lead. Um, it's You know, it's that's natural a little bit, you know, to protect it. But, uh, you know, that team, I give them credit. They battled hard all night and, you know, it was closer than you, than you think. A um, couple big saves by our goalie, and um, I thought our guys did a good job of uh, sticks and blocking shots and all the little things that you know we had to do to close that game out. All the hoopla, the uh, the post game mania. My mom says me big Blues fan. First of all, she says she loves Vladdy the best. Mm-hmm. Says he's cute. Aww. And I said <laughs> his English has come a long yeah. way. And then she said, oh, make sure you get a hold of Sandy Miller because they're, they're doing a story. They're printing those shirts. You need to order a shirt. I'm like, kind of busy right now. Which shirt? Thank you, Martin I, Kilcoin's mom. Thank you for support. <laughs> Thank you for support. Listen, Martin got, Kilcoin's mom, I, If I yes. could tell you how many emails and text messages that, I mean, I'm sure you too, Martin, I mean, that you're getting right now. And people have, everybody has a story, right? I got, I got a story from a guy today who says he has been a lifelong fan and you know, he's been going to games his entire life with his dad. He's actually traveling overseas on like the on May 31st or something like that. He's actually leaving his family from a trip over in Europe or in the Middle East or something, flying back to St. Louis just to go to Game 3, then the next morning hopping back on a flight to go back and meet his family on vacation over in the Middle East. He's going to be on the plane for like 40 of 50 hours just so he can be at a game here in St. Louis. Another person sent me a text saying that there's a 90-year-old lady who has become such a diehard fan. She's worn the same Gloria T-shirt every <laughs> game of the playoffs without washing it. Oh, it's a little dirty. And would like to have it signed. I'm not so sure I want to touch that T-shirt. Right. Yeah. Go ahead and wash it after they win it all and yeah. then get it signed. And then maybe, we'll get, maybe wash it twice um, and dry clean it maybe. Uh, but no, so I mean those are the stories that you know, kind of come with a run like this. It's always interesting. Hear uh, here's Army. They call him Army. He is the uh, president of hockey operations on facing the Bruins. We have to find a way to, to stay focused on the task at hand. But the Bruins as a team, they've been a great team for a number of years. They're heavy. They're big. They're, they, they've got they've got obviously a great first line. Uh, you know, Char speaks for himself, you know, as a, as a, a veteran player that, that commands leadership. And Rask is playing some of the best hockey of his career. So, uh, they're not there by mistake, and, and uh, but I also feel we're not there by mistake either. So I hope it's a hell of a series, and the, the team from Missouri wins. Army up for GM of the year. Uh, who's not up for an award on this team? You got the Jack Adams finalist in the interim head coach, Craig Berube. Army is up for GM of the year. Ryan O'Reilly. You've got Benning, Benner's up for, up for two awards. Is he the a Lady Bing? Both. Okay, best defensive forward and then best sportsmanship. He's up for both of those. Basically, uh, Lady Bing. Yeah, he's, like, I mean, the, like the nice guy. The nice, nice guy. guy. <laughs> nice guy award. Uh, did, we'll give out one of those later. Did you hear Army's big bite from uh, from oh, last I night this. following the game? You it? really want to enjoy tonight, uh, but the, the big prize is still ahead of us. So we, we we have to enjoy tonight, but we have to get back to work tomorrow. And uh, that's sort of the wet blanket that comes out in a manager. Uh, but you know what? It's it, it it was a special feeling. Wet blanket. We've got Army uh, listens. You think he picked that up from us? I think a, he did. What if he had said, like Hoff? <laughs> um, also, Bob Plager, who has been here, player, coach, ambassador, 
I guess you just say Mr. He, Blue. He, he's had every role on the hockey side for the most part, you know, with this organization. I think he coached he coached Chaser and Twister and Peoria in back minors, in the day. Yeah. He used to run them into the ground. Yeah. Uh, he, was Bob, a co- he was a coach here, too. Bobby Plager after the win. Maybe I will get my parade. <laughs> but, no, I get in the file section just to look at the fans when we score the goals. I mean, that's what I've said before, this city and what has gone on here. And you look up at the screens and you see Yachty here, the baseball players here with their blue sweater on. Well, we went to the finals three times. I didn't see any Cardinals arguing with the blue sweater on. So, I mean, they've adopted, they've taken the city, the baseball team, too. So, no, you know, you can't say enough. Strick, are you going to yell at him? You gonna, hey, Bobby, if we're talking you baseball, is he talking baseball? Well, no, he's just talking about Yachty. Listen, I don't know who, I don't know who postponed the game last night. Yachty was it did. Yachty? <laughs> was it Bill DeWitt? Was it Wayno? Or was it Major League Baseball? You know, who did it? You I know? think they, they, half the team said, we're not, we're not going to show we're up not, tonight. We're not going to the game. And your old colleague, Goldie Goldberg, was there. He works for the Royals, yeah. but loves the Blues. Used to cover him for Fox 2 and also Fox Sports Midwest. I didn't know he was there last I night. I said, how perfect is this? <laughs> in town, the mm-hmm. randomness that the Royals are in town, right. and it's a game six to clinch for the finals. Yeah. It was fun. He All got of, into the pucks back in the day. I think lo- his, I think his oh, kid loved, may have started playing or something. Love, yes, Mason's playing a little high. Mm-hmm. I think his daughter might even be playing. Really? Buzz, staff. How about that? Uh, Strix is here. It's a uh, Wednesday hockey Nobody edition. Nobody argues with like, a uh, rec league softball umpire like Joel Goldberg, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, here's Vladdy Tarasenko, my mom's favorite player. Yes. Vladdy, on uh, what they were able to do after the tough game three loss. After that old Teagle, uh we have an interview, and I told you there's two ways, you know, just go away and uh, forget it and play even harder or just thinking about it. So I think everybody just uh, recognize we can win and we can play hard against that team. They have a really good team, you know, and I give them a credit. It was really hard series. And uh, uh, I think the biggest reason is we stayed as tight as a group. Hearing from the players, Strick, that's what we do on this show. We yes. get you in in great contact with what was happening. Dressing room last night. Who mm-hmm. was the most interesting, emotional? Give me your take. You talked to a number of people. Yeah, you saw a number of people. You were probably there till a couple hours ago. Mm-hmm. Give me an idea. Things that stood out to you. I mean, I think seeing some of the alums tear um, up was You know big. what? Seeing the embrace between Alexander Steen and his dad, Thomas Steen, I thought was very, very cool. Um, I had Alexander Steen on our postgame show on Fox Sports Midwest. And you could just see the emotion in his eyes and what this means to him. You know, these guys that play for a long time, you guys, you know, as you know, I mean, you get to 900 games in your career, you just have to wonder, are you ever going to get an opportunity? And anybody who plays that long should have an opportunity to at least play for a Stanley Cup. And he's been a blue for a long time. He's accepted a different role. I mean, this is what makes, you know, Craig Berube so good and how he's had such an impact on this roster is, you know, what he's been able to do with Alexander's team, who looked a little bit lost maybe early in the year because his foot, you know, foot speed probably isn't, you know, you know where it once was, um, doesn't produce offense the way he once did. You know, now he's not on the first power play, um, and he's not a top six forward. But he said, listen, I got a role for you, and if you accept this role, I think you're going to like it, and you're going to have a big impact on this hockey club. And that's exactly what's happened. I mean, all of a sudden, he's on the quote-unquote fourth line, if you want to call it that, but he's playing 13, 14, 15 minutes a game, some of these games in the playoffs. And that line is having as much of an impact on the series or the playoffs, and certainly the San Jose series, of any other line that they have. It's just interesting how it works that way, and that's where the credibility, the respect, the comfort that the players have with Craig Berube to believe in what he's telling them, the honesty that he shares with his players. 
how it all comes f- uh, full circle. But, you know, talking to him, Brett Hall, I had an interview with Layla, who I know you've talked to a million times, Martin, as well. I mean, just to see that story, which will never get old. Um, you know, talking to Tom Stillman, what this means to him. I mean, you know, this guy bought the team seven years ago or whatever, and, and you know, this is the idea. When you buy a team, you want to have a long playoff run. You want to go deep in the playoffs and have a chance to bring a Stanley Cup home, and now he's in position to do that. So, I mean, everybody up and down um, the organization, I mean, to see how excited they are and what this means to these people who have been through an awful lot, just like the fans have, is really cool to see. Panger said something, Darren Pang, this morning. He was on the morning after. said something about Bennington and said, you know, realistically, he had been overlooked in the organization. He was fourth on the whatever sure. it was. Yeah. And he said, thank God, however, last summer, Army qualified. Now, to remind us what would have had, like, the, if the, they didn't qualify him, he would have been a free agent. He played. What's interesting, I mean, the unbelievable story here is that he played for the Bruins last year for their farm team. Was it in Providence? In the American Hockey League in Providence. Boston tried to trade. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.